Hey everyone, welcome back to the Think Less, Do More podcast, where we explore productivity, personal development, and personal finance. Once again, thank you to everyone who shared the last episode. It is greatly appreciated. Today's topic is that your diet is more than just what you eat. We tend to only think about our diet in terms of food consumption and its relationship to our bodily health and figure. We cut out carbs, focus on protein, and eat more vegetables. We view our diet in terms of calories and food groups. But our diet also consists of the information and content we consume. In this digital age where we are constantly consuming new information and content, it is crucial that we expand our view of diet to include the type of information that we're consuming. Our content consumption impacts our moods, thoughts, and behaviors. For example, if we're only consuming information that makes us stressed, worried, anxious, we're going to experience more of those emotions. If you turn on the news nowadays, the only thing you're going to hear about is negative things that are going on in the world. And if that's the only type of information you consume, you're going to be default focused on the negative things that are happening and how worried you are about what else is going to happen. And this makes us experience heightened levels of anxiety and stress throughout the day. The reason I point that out is because the same way that bad food and unhealthy food is going to have a dramatic impact on your body over time, Negative information and stressful information is going to have a negative impact on your mind over an extended period of time. The reason this is important, we haven't had an extended period of this digital age that we live in. We don't have hundreds of years of health and diet information that can help us process how we need to change our behavior going into the future. We've only had this access to the internet and all this information over the last two decades. We have yet to see what the full repercussions are going to be 100, 200 years in the future when we have a total shift in how we're consuming information. Instagram has already released studies that show the negative impacts that social media can have on your mental health and your thought process as you're a developing child. So there are several examples of different types of information that I think are worth pointing out. So the first one is some of us only consume content that confirms our beliefs. This keeps us insulated from opposing views and it hinders our ability to think effectively and independently. This is most common in political beliefs where people only consume, whether they're on the left or the right, they're only consuming information that confirms beliefs on either side. And this doesn't allow them to see the types of arguments that could be made for or against opposing views. So if you're able to expand your content consumption to include opposing views, it's gonna allow you to think more critically and to reassess your own position in light of opposing theories. This just turns you into a better thinker and it allows you to have a balanced view of the world. The second bucket of content is consuming like the traditional news or news that's focused on you know negative events or impactful events. So it's important to stay in touch with the news, but if all you're watching is the news that runs you know from five o'clock till, it's obviously important to stay up to date with the news, but the way that it's but the way that it's presented on most newscasts is very sensational and emotion provoking. And what I mean by that is it's trying to elicit severe emotional responses because this is what drives viewerships often. They found that if you're more emotionally attached to something, you're going to engage with that content more often. However, this has come to a point where most of the news is becoming negative or stressful. And if you're tuning into that every single day, you're just going to be focused on those types of emotions and you're going to be looking for those events in your own life. And it does a very good job of getting us to not focus on the things we can control and only focus on the things that are out of our control. 
I mean, right now we have COVID, Russia invading Ukraine, inflation hitting the highest numbers it's been in 40 years. All of these things feel like they're very much out of their control because they basically are. And if this is the only type of information you're consuming on a daily basis, it makes us feel very helpless and unable to deal with certain situations in our lives. The best way to combat this is to not consume that information constantly. As I said, it's definitely important to keep up with it and you can read your articles here and there. Finding other news sources that are more educational or informative rather than those that are just identifying stressors and emotional responses and exploiting them is going to make you be a more productive and happier human over the long run. The third bucket is social media. If we're spending most of our time on social media platforms and that's where we get most of our news, it's going to make us view the world in terms of how social media operates. It's going to program us to think very comparatively, comparing ourselves to others, and it's going to promote making judgments from quick headlines. So if you get your news from Twitter or Instagram or other social network sites, a lot of times people are just posting headline articles or just a snapshot of an article where you're not getting the broader context of whatever information they're trying to relate to you. And it can give us the wrong idea about what the actual event is. Uh, so it's always really important if you are getting news from social media to kind of do some research and get into the full picture of it and not jump to conclusions based on a headline or whatever snapshot someone's posting to you because that could just be them cherry picking information to support their belief. So those are the three main information buckets that I think most of content consumption falls into. It's either going to be the regular news that's very event driven and often elicits emotions of negativity or stress. The second one is insulating your beliefs, meaning you're only looking at information that confirms what you already believe. And the third one is really only consuming social media. So now that we have those three laid out, I want to go into exactly why it's important and how we can structure an information diet. There's a famous saying that says the books you read now are the person you will be in five years. I really like this quote and think it's perfect for this episode because in today's times, I think we can expand that definition of books to be just all the content and information we're consuming. Whether it's YouTube, TV, music, all of those fall into the types of information that are coming into our brain and this is going to help shape and structure the person we're going to be in five years. So a great place to start and this is where I started was based on the information I'm consuming today, what does that person look like in five years for myself? So that was the starting point I used to structure how I want my information intake to look going forward. So the first step I took was monitoring the amount of time I spent on different types of content, whether it was Netflix, YouTube, podcasts, music, articles, social media. I started by looking at the amount of time I was spending on each of those. So once I really took account of how much time I was spending on different platforms, I then mapped out what I wanted it to look like in an ideal world. So it involved less time on Netflix, more time on podcasts, more time reading articles rather than scrolling through social media. And that was the base layer of my switch, was basically spreading out my time across better platforms rather than just scrolling on social media and binge watching TV shows. The next step I took that I found very helpful was monitoring the type of content that was being consumed on each of those platforms. So, you know, there's the classic information educational type content, entertaining or a thought provoking type. Those are the three buckets that I created for myself in terms of the type of content that I thought I was consuming on a regular basis. So obviously I was trying to transition from less entertaining into more informational and thought provoking types of content because that would allow for my information diet to look a little better. And a really easy test to use in your own way of figuring out what type of information you're intaking is, is this adding value or subtracting value to my day or life? 
So if you're spending hours on Netflix binge watching a TV show, it could be adding value in terms of relaxation or happiness, and that's great. We all definitely need those days. But if that's all I'm doing every day, I definitely don't think that's adding value because I could be spending that time on more productive tasks. So keeping an eye on that throughout my day and week was a really great way to see, okay, is this piece of content adding value to my life? Is it subtracting value? Is it making me stressed? Those types of things allow you to gauge where your information intake is at and help you get into better frames of mind. And that brings me to my third point is monitoring how you feel after consuming this content. This is really closely related to the added value or subtracting value, but it's definitely slightly different. For example, if you're listening to the news all day, are you feeling stressed after you listen to it? Are you feeling informed or are you feeling worried? Because if we're feeling worried or stressed, then maybe we should change the type of news that we're listening to or the medium through which we're getting it. Sometimes it's better to read the news than to listen to it because when you listen to it, usually they're giving an abbreviated version and they use certain language that might evoke certain emotions out of you that wouldn't otherwise be evoked if you were reading it. For me, the content switch that I found the best was going to podcasts. I really didn't start listening to podcasts until the past couple months on my commute to work. Podcasts can be a very good source of news and general thought-provoking conversations because podcasts are a lot more independent than the mainstream media outlets. They don't have this type of hierarchy. They're usually independent people who are putting together these podcasts that are genuinely there for the benefit of the consumer rather than the benefit of themselves. And I think it's a great type of content medium that people should take more time to explore. So now that we've gone over why an information diet is important and how you can set up your own and kind of gauge where you're at in terms of the type of content you consume, I want to briefly go over what the benefits of even doing this in the first place are. Because a lot of you might be asking, okay, what's the point of this though? Why, why does it really even matter in the long run? So the first is elevated mood. It's no secret that social media and mainstream media use your emotions to drive their own engagement. And what I mean by that is, you know, Facebook and Instagram have both come out and said that their algorithms select pieces of content that drive very severe emotional reactions because this drives engagement on their platform. Especially with issues that people already have emotional attachments with, like political views, these algorithms are designed to basically use your emotions as a way to drive engagement on their platform. And this could be a good or a bad thing. Could be a good thing because if your social media is set up where it's a lot of motivational and inspirational type of content, you're going to get more of that if you keep interacting with it and it's going to uplift your mood. But if your content is very sensational or depressing or stressful, you're going to get more and more of that content. Monitoring this is a great way to regulate the type of mood you experience when you're online consuming information. The second, which I consider one of the most important, is attention span. So there have been numerous studies that found over the last 22 years, our attention span has decreased by 25%. And the common link across all of these studies has been that the more people are connected to the internet and the increased ease of access to quick information has continued to drive this attention span down. What makes this even more difficult is that our attention is constantly being fought for. From advertisements, notifications, our phones, our friends, our family, everyone is always trying to get our attention. And the internet has made this ever more difficult because companies now have a constant outlet and channel into our lives through our mobile devices. There are people who get paid millions of dollars to come up with advertisements and marketing campaigns that grab your attention and hold it for the longest period of time. And we are constantly bombarded with this. So it's no surprise that our attention span has dropped by 25% because we are constantly challenged with new and exciting things that want to grab us and pull us in a different direction. So 
recognizing this when we're engaging in online activities and engaging in online information intake. And by being aware of this, it allows us to pick and choose what we're paying attention to more deliberately. And the third issue is decision fatigue. There's a reason that when you go to check out at a store, there's a bunch of candy bars and gum and all these other, and, and the tabloid magazines are all always very prominently displayed at the checkout. And it's because psychologically, once we've made a ton of decisions, because when you go to the store, for example, the grocery store, you're gonna make a ton of decisions on what to buy, what food to get, what brands to get, how much of everything to get. And all of these decisions eventually contribute to what's called decision fatigue. And this is the hypothesis that throughout the day you make numerous decisions and the more decisions you make, the less quality those decisions are over time. So in the morning, you're gonna make the best decisions and then by the nighttime, if you've had a pretty exhausting day, you're gonna make worse decisions than you would have made in the morning. But companies found that even a trip to the store can have this effect where at the beginning, you're shopping on your list, you're getting all the brands you need, you're getting all the food you need, and then when you go to the checkout, you've made so many decisions that you might impulsively buy that candy bar without even realizing it or needing it just because you've made so many decisions that subconsciously you didn't exert the energy to weigh the pros and cons of buying that candy bar that you normally would have done. So again, paying attention to the type of content we're consuming and making better decisions about what we're consuming is a great way to fight this because when you're scrolling through TikTok, for example, every single video you come across, you make a decision on whether or not you want to watch it. So think about how many times you swipe or scroll through posts. Those are each decisions that are eventually leading to decision fatigue later on in the evening. And while these are not always apparent to us and we can't always recognize how it's impacting us, they do exist. Any quick Google search will show you that decision fatigue is very real and it happens on a daily and weekly basis. So to wrap up today's episode, we talked about information and how it is a crucial part of our diet. No longer do we have diets where it's only about food consumption. It's about anything that enters our body, whether it's through reading, listening. These all matter and they all have an impact on our mind over time. And it is going to mold us into who we are going to be in 5, 10 years. Paying attention now, being very selective over what we choose to listen to and to engage with is going to pay off in the long run and it can help elevate our moods on a daily basis. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed. As always, please give us a like and a review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Share it on your social channels if you think this was a good episode. And visit my website, which is going to be linked down below in the show description if you want to find out any more information on this topic. That's it for now, and I hope to see you all in the next pod.